we have targets about this time next year to be in that 150 million range or so. Um, we feel pretty good about. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is JB Kellogg with a company called Madwire. It's a technology company that provides business management and marketing software and services for SMBs and franchises. Madwire was founded in 2009 with the mission of helping small businesses grow and their local communities grow. When JB came on the show last, they had passed 105 million bucks in AR. That was back in 2018. JB, you ready to take us to the top? Sounds good. I'm ready. All right. So the world has changed since we last spoke. How's COVID hit you guys in your SMB cohorts? Well, yeah, it definitely affected us. Luckily, we're pretty diversified, which is part of our strategy. We work with a lot of different industries and types of businesses, which is good. But the verticals like fitness clubs, restaurants, um, definitely were impacted. So that affected us. A lot of those businesses uh, essentially paused things uh, temporarily. We actually told them to um, just to try to help them out. Um, a lot of them are reactivating now, which is good. But there's still areas like California and stuff. You know, We have a lot of customers there that are pretty tight. Um, but like I said, luckily we're diversified. So some industries actually, you know, did better during this time period, such as e-commerce. So that was helpful. About 35% of our accounts are e-commerce. So there was um, some balancing there, but it definitely affected us for a couple months and we're starting to ramp back up now. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And so for people that missed your last interview we did together, get, just tease them real quick with the product. What, what do you guys help these gyms and these franchises do? Yeah, so our number one product is Marketing 360, which is a small business marketing platform and business management solution. So essentially within a singular platform, you can do everything to manage and grow the business from a CRM to payments like invoicing, recurring billing, e-commerce, all the way into all the marketing related pieces like uh, email marketing, social marketing, multi-channel advertising, et cetera. So one platform, one login really allows you to do everything you need to do to manage and grow the business. When I hear that description without knowing it's you and you're the founder of Madware, I think I think HubSpot. I mean, are you playing very much in the HubSpot space? Pretty similar to HubSpot, yeah, um, but more geared towards small business. So our customer is generally one to 100 employees. That's kind of our wheelhouse. There's about 30 million of them, so there's a lot out oh. there. But it's truly the small business. HubSpot is one level up from that, so a little bit larger of a business, generally speaking. So, And then our platform um, also does a little bit more the types of things that a small business needs to do, 
um, and is a little bit more comprehensive in that regard. But that being said, HubSpot can be, you know, become more complex. So you can customize it maybe a little bit more. And then one thing that makes us different than really any company in the SaaS industry is we also have the talent component. So if you want to build essentially an outsourced marketing team through the platform with us, you can actually do that too. We don't leverage third-party partners or anything. We actually provide those um, services and marketing modules to the customer. So you actually have, there's a portion of your team that is full-time dedicated to services to the customer. It is. And we've built technology to automate a lot of that on the back end. But what we're selling to the SMB feels like services because an SMB wants to buy services. But on the back end, we're using technology to increase scale and profitability. So you have a dedicated support person, essentially, when you add these marketing modules. Um, when you're a DIY customer, you're using our shared support. Is kind of how okay. that works. So tell me more sort of about the makeup of the team. You just sort of tease support, but what's the total team size today? Uh, team size, 500 people. 500 folks. And how many of those are engineers? 60. 60. Interesting. And, and I guess if you're serving the SMB cohort, you have a high volume, lower ARPU sort of model. What is that ARPU typically? What are customers paying you per month on average? Per month on average, well, we have 20,000 customers. And so when you look wow. at it globally, it's about $500 per month per customer, about 6,000 um, per year. Um, that's globally, but we do have different segments of customers. So we have like the true DIYs, which are much smaller price points. And then we have customers that ha have all the marketing modules that are much higher price points. So those average prices are much different, but that's how it is globally. That's impressive. And can I take that 20,000 customers times 500? You guys at like $120 million run rate today? Yep, that's right. That's great. So yeah, I mean, comparing that to where you were back in September of 2018, you said you had about 10,000 customers. And so you've doubled your customer base. Um, your average ACV then you told me was around 10,000. So that shrunk a little, which makes sense because you have way more volume uh, and you've increased ARR from 100 million in ARR up to 120 million bucks in ARR. Are you happy with all those numbers? Yeah, you know, we're pretty happy and, you know, we're still, we have a lot of reactivation still with some of these industries to, to get back on board and put us back on track. But we have targets about this time next year to be in that 150 million range or so um, we feel pretty good about. Um, so that's what we're kind of marching towards. And we've also really improved profitability over the last couple of years since we last talked. That's been a big focus of ours. So we're trying to get that into that 15 to 20% range here over the next year, which we think is very doable. Um, which would put us, you know, we're trying to align to that rule of 40 kind of where our growth is going to be that 25% plus area um, and, our, and our EBITDA is right in that 15 to 20% area. So that's kind of our target. And where was it last year? What was profit last year? Very small, like about 1%. 1%. So, so what, how do you, how do you change and how do you try and add, you know, 10% or 14% to your profit margin this year, especially you know, obviously during COVID? Big piece of it's through uh, technology. So we launched our new platform, Marketing 360, a new version um, here about eight months ago. And it's already really increased profitability because we've automated a lot of stuff that used to take a lot of manpower. So for example, when we onboarded a new account, it was very labor intensive. And with the new platform, we have something called Smart Start, which is you click one button based on the vertical and it customizes the whole platform and automatically builds out the marketing journeys and everything for you. So now it takes no human effort. So um, right now our 500 people is like 60 in, in tech. We have about 200 in sales. Um, and then we all have the, the off quota. 
All have quota. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 200 in sales. We have a hundred, which is acquisition sales and a hundred, which is retention sales. So they're upselling, cross-selling. Um, and then we have about 40 back office and the rest is support. So when you think about 20,000 customers, our support team is actually pretty small. Um, our account per person ratio now is about 50 accounts per person, which is better than HubSpot and Sprout Social. Um, per support so person. Per, yeah. Well, per person as a whole. Support oh, person got it, got it. Even, even more. Yeah. Yep. So all those things we've been really improving upon uh, to increase profitability overall. And we've started offering more usage-based things like uh, we've offered payments now. So Shopify, I mean, their success story, you know, really triggered off of when they added payments. So we have payments now where you can manage your invoicing, recurring billing, et cetera, in the platform. That's additional revenue, you know, that we're receiving every month on top, which really helps with the profitability piece. In July, how much GMB did you process through your payments? Through our payments? Well, it depends. We have his, uh, legacy payments accounts, which are more of like an ISO model because we acquired a company called Silver Edge uh, two years okay. ago. Um, so with them, it's close to a billion. But if you exclude them and just annually? look at our new... An, yeah, annually. Yeah. If you exclude them and look at our just our new payments products, it's very, very new. So um, it's only been launched for about a month at this point. Oh, wow. And so what we're seeing so far is 65% adoption rate. So users um, buying Marketing 360 right now, about 65% are activating payments. And the average ticket size so far has been pretty good. It's actually been close to $1,000 because we have HVACs and those types of businesses that are using it. So for example, if you have $1,000 invoice paid, we make about 30 bucks on that. So it adds up pretty fast. And this is additional revenue that we didn't capture before. Got it. So, so what is that point? You're taking 0.3% fee basically. Yeah. 2.9. Yeah. 2.9. How do you make the margin on that work though? Because usually, I mean, Visa is taking 300 basis points. And if you're charging 300 basis points, where do you squeeze margin out there? Yeah. You recognize the gross is how Shopify does it. We do it the same way. So you recognize the gross and you um, record the net. So the net improves with volume. We're using Stripe. So we're using Stripe okay. just, like, just like Shopify. So it's exactly the same way Shopify does everything. Got it. So, so what you're saying is even if you don't make any money on the payment thing right now, because the full 3% that you're recognizing uh, is being paid out to, oh, sorry, sorry. Are you taking 6% and 3% is going to be then 3% is actually gross revenue on your, on your profit and loss? No, it's about two and two point nine percent total, and then you have all the card fees and everything. And so, at the end of the day, you're going to make a margin off of the two point nine, um, which improve, improves over time. Is how that works. I see, I see. But that, what I'm saying is that margin is going to be something like point oh five. It's very, very small. Yeah, yeah. It's like five basis points, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But with volume, obviously, it can get big. Right. And we're really, we're hoping to see most of the impact actually with stickiness and churn because customers using those types of products and features within the platform, they just generally never cancel. I mean, if they're doing all their billing, especially if it's recurring billing, it's just so painful to move um, that we expect the churn to improve, you know, really double the improvements of churn over the next 24 months, call it. When we first met, this was the biggest thing about your model that just shocked me. You know, I've interviewed thousands of CEOs. I had never heard metrics like this because what you told me was you were spending $3,000 to get a new $10,000 a year customer. Nothing wrong there. Three month payback period, super healthy. But you then told me that your, your percent, your gross revenue churn annually uh, was about 90%. And I said, well, holy cow, that's way too much. And you said, well, Nathan, 
our, our payback is so quick. And what happens is of a cohort of 100 that sign up last month, we know two years from now that even if only five of those customers stick, they're going to have 10x the price point. We're going to upgrade them 10 times. They're just going to be huge accounts, which makes up for that loss. Is that all accurate and true? And if so, what does that look like today? Today, we're uh, our logo churn on core customers, which a core customer is a customer that's been with us 12 months or more, is about 2.8% per month. And we expect that to improve to about 1.5% over the next 24 months with payments and some other business management tools that we've built into the platform. Our new customer segment, which is zero months up to 11 months, essentially, those are new customers. They churn at a higher rate. So um, it's not 90%. It's improved you know, quite a bit from there. It's more like 50%. We'll make it to that 12-month mark. But like you just said, the 50% that we lose, we're making up for with growth out of the 50% that we keep. So with a small business, you're just never going to have a great churn rate in the first 12 months because 80% of small businesses go out of business in general. So you're, you're really defeating the market if you're doing better than that, which we are. But the key is not necessarily keeping every single customer. It's about growing the customers that find success. And so that's what we've done pretty good at is when we find success with the customer, we're able to grow the customer and then that makes up for the losses. So the MRR churn is better. So when you look at your full recognized revenue today, what, what is expansion in revenue percentage on historical cohorts? Uh, well, which, how, how long of a cohort? Like how so like of, of the revenue you had exactly one year ago in that customer base, obviously you lose a portion of those, but then you upsell uh, as well. How, what percent are you upselling? 10, 20, 50, hundred percent upsell? Uh, over a hundred percent of the loss. Yeah. Um, for the core customer segment, that's all we track at that point. So it, it comes down a little bit into month 18 and then month 18 and beyond, it actually grows larger than it was in month 12. So just to be clear, if each month you're churning 25 to 3%, so annually that's 36% revenue churn, what you're saying is your expansion on that same cohort is more than 36%. So your net revenue retention is greater than 100% in the first 18 to 24 months. Right, yeah, the 2.8% is logo. So we're losing 2.8% accounts. What's after the revenue the 12, churn? After the 12-month period, the revenue churn is... In the core customer, it, it drops for a little bit from month 12 to 18. And then at month 18, it climbs back up to the high point of month 12 and actually grows beyond it. So that's where you get that 100% plus um, retention on the revenue churn. The core, what, the, what is revenue churn annually? That's what I'm trying to get at on a gross basis. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. For the core customer, it's positive. It's it's positive. Gross, gross churn can't gross. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But peel back that onion. There's two components to revenue retention. One is gross churn, and then then there's expansion revenue. When you add them together, what you're saying, and I hear you, is you have greater than 100% net revenue retention. What I'm trying to understand though is before you add back expansion, what is just gross revenue churn on a historical cohort? Um, I don't you know? have that number. I don't have that okay. number. I'd have to look because we have we have so many. We have forty two plus cohorts now. So I, say, I can tell you do a lot of measure. You do a lot of measuring because you're very specific with how you answer these. You clearly do a lot of cohort tracking. Right. Yeah. So you'd have to look. What is what does it look like for the you know cohort for month fourteen? You know that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have the total aggregate off the top of my head. I'd have to no look. worries. Are you still paying about three thousand bucks to get a new customer? Yeah, um, it's right. It's between three and four thousand, depending on the month. Very cool, man. And it, again, what's most impressive to me about what you've built is you've done this for, with raising relatively small amount. You had about seven point five million raised last time we spoke. Have you raised any additional capital? 
We've not. That's great. Really, any plans to? Uh, right now, we're kind of thinking if we continue improving on our platform and our numbers and metrics and just our business in general, um, we think that we have a good opportunity at IPO in the next, call it 12 to 18 months. That's kind of our target right now. And you think you'll do traditional IPO or direct listing or look at a SPAC or something else? Uh, we've looked at SPACs. That's really interesting to us, actually. Um, but right now, we're kind of focused on traditional. Interesting. Very cool. And why would you do that over just staying private and doing a rev share, uh, you know, with your employees? That's an option too. And that's the nice thing is we don't have to do anything. Um, we just feel like there's an opportunity right now. The market's pretty hot. Um, you know, Sprout Social was very successful. Big Commerce, we work with actually quite a bit as a partner. They were very successful just, you know, a week ago. Um, so we feel like it's a good time in the SMB space with technology, which we feel like we're the leader in for SMB. So, you know, why not go that route and, and kind of be a transformational company is kind of our thinking right now. But like you said, we don't have to, so things could change. Profitable, a relatively little raised, team of 500 strong. It's all good stuff. Let's wrap up here at JB with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Good to great. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, not right now. Number four, how, uh, is there a favorite online tool you've got for building Madwire? We use Marketing 360. We use our own product. Oh, no, come on. Besides your own. <laughs> we, actually, we actually do. But I'd say right now, I mean, Zoom. I mean, Zoom. Yeah. We moved to Zoom like literally a month before COVID. So it was perfect timing. We have everything on Zoom. Call, chat, so anything. you know, everything. So it was awesome. Uh, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Uh, about seven. Okay. In situation, married, single kids? Married, three kids. Uh, four, four kids. Four kids. Yeah. Four kiddos. And how old are you? I just turned 40. 40. Last question. What do you wish you knew when you were 20? What did I what? Wish you knew when you were 20. I wish I knew everything I knew right now. If I could start over, I could go 10 times faster. I would say that. Um, Give me something what specific. Is, what is the specific thing I wish I knew? Let me think about this for a minute. Yeah. Sort of think about where you were when you were 20. What were you doing? I'd say what I wish I knew when I was 20 was just to act faster because I actually knew the Madwire business model would work at that time. Um, but I really didn't pull the, you know, put the gas pedal on it till I was 27, really 28. So there was eight years there where I could have really captured a lot of market share if I just jumped on it earlier, but I didn't. So I'd say I would act faster. Guys, there you go. Madwire, a full suite for SMBs to handle all of their marketing. They've grown from a $100 million run rate to $120 million run rate over the past 12 to 24 months. Uh, they are profitable, hoping to grow profitability about 15% to the bottom line this year. It would not surprise folks, and they're looking at it, potentially doing some sort of IPO in the next 12 to 24 months. But again, don't have to do it because they are profitable and have raised relatively little capital, just $7.5 million raised, serving 20,000 small business customers. JB, thanks for taking us to the top. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. I appreciate it.